N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk Record rain and shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas Welcome back. This is episode 284 of the NYYST podcast, and we are live on NYY News TV. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And we sent him into outer space. That's why you can't see him. S-G-R. Hello, what up? Over. <laughs> Ryan, how you feeling, buddy? Doing good. Doing good, guys. Just I'm in a spot right now where I'm in recovery. And sitting isn't the easiest thing to do, so I'm just gonna fucking do it. So he's in, naked, and he's gonna yank during the show. And I am also not wearing. Any uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna tube in during the show, please make sure okay. that your camera's off. I'm please gonna, make yeah, sure we're on a break. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give a shout out real quick to my son. I promised him. Uh-huh. He's got his nebulizer on. He's not feeling well. We're hoping he's had some breathing issues in the past. We had a, the scariest night of my life. Had to call 911 in December. Starting oh. to have like a little bit of those symptoms. Oh, so I told Nine. him, I told him we'd shoot him out. You shoot him? Shoot him out. Don't say that. Shout. Shout him out. Get better shout him out. Yeah, that's, shout uh, him. We don't want to make that error. No, nope. uh, absolutely not. Uh, on Memorial Day, we want to thank all the veterans. Uh, you know, we'll get started with saying thank you to all the veterans. This is the uh, land of the free because of the brave and to all those that make the ultimate sacrifice in defending our country, whether you agree with what's going on or not, those people still put their lives on the line for us. And uh, we thank them for that. And also, um, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't take at least a second to uh, extend our deepest condolences to the parents of those children that were senselessly massacred uh, in Texas during the week. We're not, we, this is not going to be a podcast where we get into gun control debate as a parent. Uh, it absolutely breaks my heart that those poor babies had to suffer that fate. And uh, we do we just want to say that we are, you know, we are thinking about you and I know people are like, Oh, thoughts and prayers, but yeah, it, it is thoughts and prayers, man. And it's, it's what you can do and just, you know, just hopefully that something will be done to, to kind of stop these things from happening. So, yeah, I know a little downer to start the show, but, uh, you know, it's kind of just stuff we got to touch on here and, um, we'll get into it here. Uh, the Yankees were off today on Memorial day, kind of a weird thing for uh, the Yankees not to be playing baseball on Memorial day. They also won't be playing baseball on 4th of July, which is kind of silly as well. I mean, the schedule makers in major league baseball, uh, kind of, blew it there i guess you could say although it was nice to just have a day with the family and not have to be stressed out by this friggin' team yeah I guess. uh Bye. but uh yeah so the yankees just concluded uh a four-game series in tampa where they split a very disappointing split i mean if you would have went into tampa on thursday before first pitch was thrown i could have told you you're getting two out of four you would have taken it but after you get the first two and then you don't walk away with another one, it's a disappointing weekend in Tampa. And Garrett Cole still hadn't pitched. And Garrett, yes. And Garrett Cole, uh, I guess we could start there because uh, Nestor Cortez and Jamison Tyone really were fantastic in the first two games of the series. Uh, they combined to go 16 innings and allow one run and 
Nestor Nestor was the one that gave up the run, but uh, Boone let him start the ninth inning. He allowed the leadoff batter, and then the bullpen allowed the, the, that uh, runner to score. But uh, you know, it goes against his ledger. But sixteen innings, one earned run from Tyone and Nestor Cortez. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant pitching by the both of them. And then, you know, who's been? I get. How do you want? How do I want to say this properly? Who's been Garrett Cole's? Who's been a bigger supporter of Garrett Cole than me? Oh, let me set this. Let me right. set it up by saying this: that <laughs> even when Garrett Cole has had his struggles, you've not only defended him, but you've been the most level-headed and said it's still early. He gets off to a slow start. You're not willing to give up on him. Okay. So to set it up that way and to say what you're about to say here is almost like you're picking at the smallest thing. I think it gives you some credibility because you're the last person who wants to throw Garrett Cole under the bus. That's right. Okay. Credibility. Also super chat, Zach Brownish. Okay. Love you guys. And NYY news TV team, (laughs) June 25th, LFG. Okay. I don't know what that acronym is. Okay. Let's fucking go. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. All right. And thank you to everyone. Wishing my son, uh, Wishing my son well. I appreciate it. He appreciates it. And uh, Jack, love you, buddy. Christian, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I hope you're bringing it up because of that retweet someone had at you this uh, the other day. I mean, uh, yeah. Because that triggered me to Look, see that. Because you are the you are one of the few that were, were always, always on Team team Cole. And you're, you're never really one of those that were, would blindly just bash the guy no i don't blindly bash cole but before the the game started i unleashed a series of tweets kind of going at him a little bit because i don't think i was off base in saying that garrett cole is the currently as we sit here on may 30th garrett cole is the weak link of the yankees rotation i don't know how Sevy's era changed because he gave up two over six i think yesterday but going in, and I think they were only by like one point off. I think Cole was 331 and Sevy was 330. I don't know how it changed. But going into the game on Saturday, Garrett Cole had the highest ERA of the five starters in the Yankee rotation. So I don't think it was off bat, out of bounds to say that Garrett Cole has been the weak link of the Yankees rotation this year. I also don't think based on performance-wise where you can honestly say every time every one of those guys has taken the ball, they haven't blown up. But Garrett Cole has had a couple instances this year, Detroit mainly, when he, when he couldn't get out of the second inning, where he's blown up. So to question him, going into that start, I feel was very fair. And I also feel that saying that it was a huge start, it maybe was a little hyperbolic saying it was the biggest start of his Yankee career, but it was certainly, in my opinion, was certainly one of his biggest starts considering that he has had an uneven career here, and that's being fair, very uneven. He has some big performances, had some bad performances. For a guy that you're paying to really eliminate all question when he takes the mound, okay? Also... The Rays, I don't know if this was a career number or or just with the Yankees, but he has not fared well against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays are the team that are sitting right behind the Yankees in the AL East. So now you look at it, you look at Garrett Cole, who is the ace of his staff, maybe only in name, but he's the ace of his staff. So he's got to go out there and at least match what Tyone and Nestor Cortez did. 
He didn't do that. That's the first thing. That was my first point. He has to at least go out there and match what Nestor Cortez and Jameson Tyone did. And he's also got to go out there and pitch a winning ball game against a team that uh, is right behind you in a division uh, you have not fared well against. And you also need to pitch your team to a series win against that team where you're hitting Memorial Day at 20 games over 500. And he and those were all factors that I put into saying what a big start this was for him. And he takes the mound in the first inning, throws 26 pitches or whatever it was. It didn't look like he had his A stuff. But credit him for this. And you have to be fair about things when you discuss these types of things. Credit him for this. A lot of guys don't have their ace stuff when they take the mound uh, in the first inning. You get through it without giving up a run, and you figure out what works for you. And he didn't give up a hit to the fifth inning. And he looked fucking amazing. He looked like Garrett Cole, the Garrett Cole that you want to take the mound every five days. He had a little bit of extra fuck you in his at-bats against G-Man Choi because he got tired of, of being embarrassed by G-Man Choi. So he had that swag in him, too. He had all the things that you wanted to see out of Garrett Cole, and then it creeped up. The one thing that worries me more about him than anything, more so about his stuff or what he or, or, or the spider attack or anything, it's his mental makeup on the mound. And it creeped up in the sixth inning on Saturday. His team is struggling to score runs. They took three, they took the first two games, but they barely look, if they raised it and kicked the ball around in the first game, they they don't put up seven. Yeah. They got two solo <clears throat> home runs in game two. That's how they scored their two runs. And Tyone and and uh and uh, Clay Holmes made sure that the Rays didn't get on the board. You gotta run. You got you're Garrett Cole, man. Sometimes that's all you're gonna get, and you're paid to make sure that stands up. And yes, I know the umpire fucking blew it. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent, he blew it. That was a beautiful, pitch perfect strike three to G Man Choi. Ends the inning, and Garrett Cole's coming out for the seventh inning. But guess what? The umpire blew it. You, as you're Garrett Cole, you're paid to shake that off. I'm sorry, guys. I I'm not, I'm not giving up on him, but I'm starting to really worry about him. But I'm sorry to say this. You have to overcome that when you're Garrett Cole. If you're Jamison Tyone, if you're Jordan Montgomery, if you're Michael King, if you're if you're JP Sears and you blow up after that, whatever. It it, it is what it is. But you're Garrett Cole, you're not supposed to have a mental lapse against the next batter where you don't even have a competitive at bat and a competitive battle with Wanda Franco. Four pitches, walk him. Puts the tying run in scoring position, and yeah, or Rosarena hits a pretty good pitch, but it dunks in. If you have to be mentally tougher on the mound and say, you know what, you the umpire screwed this up, I got to get four outs this inning, and it's just got to you just got to get the fourth out. Sometimes, you know, we've seen it, guys make errors, and sometimes you got to get five outs in an inning. You can't allow that situation to happen where you will you will extend the inning even further because your mind is just not in the game because you can't shake off what the umpire did. This is Major League Baseball in 2022. We're going to go we're going to watch games at least 100 more games where there's going to be egregious errors like that in a game. You got to shake it off. You are getting paid an exorbitant amount of money, more money than any pitcher in Major League Baseball is getting paid. You are you are paid to overcome 
not only your teammates' mistakes, your mistakes, but the umpire's mistakes. And if you would have battled Wander Franco and had a good at bat, and 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 then the tying run would have been given up, I could have said, you know what, he got fucked by the umpire. But that at bat just did not sit well with me. It was like he was could, lost. You could tell he was in his own head again, and that he he just he just had that mental lapse, and it cost him the game. If the Yankees get through that inning, one nothing, it could be a completely different game. They could win that game, one nothing, but. Things changed, and I got to hang that. And, 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 yeah, everybody was coming at me. How, how dare you hang that on Garrett Cole? How dare you say that it was Garrett Cole's fault? When Garrett Cole loses his mind on the mound, it is Garrett Cole's fault. There's just no other way around it. If he would have, again, if he would have went out there and battled Franco and had a good at-bat with him, pumping strikes, making good pitches, I could almost excuse it. Because, I, yes, guys, I'm a Garrett Cole apologist. And I I feel because of what I want him to be and for, for what he represents the Yankees, I'm holding on to that. So sue me, okay? He, he walked him on four pitches, Franco. Oh, they weren't even close. They yeah. weren't even close. They weren't even close. And I'll say this. An ace to me is not determined on greatness, on talent necessarily as much as it is consistency and how you face adversity anyone can be great on any given day right Uh, uh, an ace is meant to go out there and you're supposed to hand him the ball every fifth day and you either expect him to be great every single day or you expect him to overcome adversity when he doesn't have his best stuff and garrick was kind of trending back towards towards the ladder there and I'm okay with that. I thought he looked really fucking good the other day. And like you said, Christian, he he was off to a rough start. We've been seeing that a little more from Garrett Cole lately, where he just doesn't look right in the first inning. Um, a bit of a concern to me. I hope it doesn't last going into next month. He's got to fucking he's got to adjust that at this point. That's something that you can adjust. If you're not feeling yourself in the first inning, then maybe you have to add something to your preparation. Maybe something needs to change when you're getting ready to come into that first inning. I don't know. Something needs to change there because this isn't the first time. It's been a handful of times now where he hasn't looked right in the first inning. And then he turns it on and he looks amazing. But again, that greatness is not okay with me to just sit there and go, well, he was the ace today. Because the second he's hit with adversity in that inning... Look, look, this offense needs to step up. This offense can't just put up one run. I don't care who's on the mound and be okay with it. You can't get complacent. You can't sit back. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's excusable. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're an ace, dude. Mm -hmm. You can mow down as many guys as you want. The second you lose your mind on the mound and then, yeah, it was just one run. But guess what? That one run changes everything. Not only does it change the score, it changes the momentum. You're dealing with a very good team at home. Yeah, granted, 90% of the fans in the in the seats are Yankee fans, but you're dealing, you're playing in a shithole that's their home field where they get last licks, and you gave up a run that didn't need to be given up, even if the umpire fucked up. Because you're Garrett Cole. Right. It doesn't matter if it's that guy or the next. You already weren't really that efficient. Your your pitch count was already up there. It was up there. And you know it's it's tough too because you you look at his 
final line, six innings, two hits, 10 strikeouts. That's a great line for a pitcher, but for an ace, you got to break it down even further than that. And for an ace, you got to put those emotions behind you and and really, and, and do whatever it takes. But then again, you also have to mention the Yankees scored in that first inning of the game and they didn't score another run the rest of the day. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of culprits and and how uh, they wa- they lost these last couple of games here. But you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna hand the ball to Garrett Cole in a in, in a wild card, you know, the Yankees knock on wood, the Yankees should not be playing in a wild card game this year where they are right now. They shouldn't be, but in a game five or a game seven where you have to win this game or you're going home, you know, you might own and you're going. Let's say the Yankees are playing the Astros in the ALCS and it's game seven. And you're going against Justin Verlander and Scarrett Cole. You might only get Ooh. one run off of Justin Verlander. You can't let an umpire's call. Uh, take you out of the game like that. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Game seven uh, update here. Rangers. Rangers up 2 nothing with two minutes left to go in okay. period number one. Okay. okay. All right. Game seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's your update. Back to you. We, this is what, because we've seen this now time and time again with him. Uh, he had a rough first inning in opening day because he got pissed off at Billy Crystal. Like, right. Yeah. Well, there this was a is, few. There was a few different ones, right? There was the Billy Crystal. Before you yeah. keep going, can I can I actually touch on that? Because I don't know if you. I was listening to the pregame. I had to run to the store real quick, so I had John and Susan on the pregame, and uh, Susan was interviewing Cole, and she asked, "Of course, uh, she was." <laughs> she asked, "What uh, was there any advantages or disadvantages to playing in, you know, a turf field under a dome?" And the first thing he talked about was that you don't have to worry about any weather delays or anything. So you know exactly when you're starting, you know exactly the time. I'm not going to really analyze this or analyze that. (laughs) (laughs) uh... That's good. That was a good one. I hope more people get that than... <laughs> Analyze this was a good movie. Analyze that, not so much. Never even okay. saw it. Just, just okay. You never saw Analyze that. You got no. I saw Analyze this. this. It was great. I saw that before I saw this. Never saw that. Saw this. Uh-huh. Um, there are certain guys that are on a team that get held to a higher standard. And Garrett Cole, when you right. signed that contract to come over here to be the ace of the staff to make more money than any starting pitcher in the history of this sport has made. You get held to that higher standard. So, yeah, one run over six innings, you strike out 10. You know, 90% of the time, you're going to sign for that when your starting pitcher takes to the mound. But when you're Garrett Cole, it's not wrong to expect more out of you when you know your team is not scoring. It's not wrong to expect more out of you when an umpire blows a call. Yes, we all know. We don't have to say it again. You're out of the inning. Don't have a fucking letdown, though. What if it... What if it? What if it was uh, instead of the umpire blowing the call, you get a you get a, a routine two hopper to IKF, and he throws the ball ten feet over over Rizzo's head. Can have a meltdown there too. Mm. No, you got to pick. Sometimes you got to pick your teammates up, and it it, it sounds stu- you don't pick the umpire up, but you just got to pick yourself up and say, hey, you know what, dude, you, you're going to make me get four outs in this inning. I'm going to get four outs in this inning, and we're going to go back to this dugout still with this one run lead yeah you're you keep your fate in your own hands and you know you can argue and say well he did and he threw a strike and i will agree with you i'm not saying that 
that that umpire is off the hook here. That was a fucking terrible call. That was a terrible blown call there. That inning should be over 100%. It's, it, it, it was not even close to being a ball, in my opinion. That's a beautiful pitch. And I'm not saying yeah. that Cole doesn't have a, a reason to, to be frustrated over it. But keeping your fate in your own hands means... There's you still have an umpire there that's going to call balls and strikes and they're going to miss calls. And when you're in a close game, just like Christian's saying here, the fate is still in your own hands because you're dealing to the next batter now. And it's like he completely forgot. It's like he couldn't get past that moment. And I'm and I'm I'm fine with the pitcher, even even to call, you know, a, a pitcher of Cole's caliber getting emotional on the mound once in a while. I used to it be extremely emotional. I'm cool with Sevy's fist bumps and I'm cool with Sevy shouting in and saying, I mean, uh, Cole shouting in and saying, you missed that one. He said it a few times and he was clearly frustrated, but the second Cole walks around the mound, takes a few deep breaths and steps back on the rubber. That's it. That goes away. That shouldn't even be thought about or brought up mm -hmm. because if he gets out of that inning, we're not even really talking about that call at all. We forget it even happened. Yeah, that's true. If Cole picks himself up there and he gets out of the inning, I mean, the way he was dealing, you would expect him to, to go out there. And Franco had not been hot. The Yankees had handled them all series. I mean, there's, there would have been no reason to expect that. He even had his head on his shoulders during that at bat. That he was Franco the next batter? Yeah. If he gets yeah. if he gets through him, then we're talking about the Yankees winning a one nothing ball game or two nothing ball game, whatever ends up. Instead of talking about the umpire missing the call. And so it is still in Garrett Cole's hands and he blew it. What what moment was it? I don't know. You guys are you guys were watching this series when Rizzo went out to talk to a pitcher to kind of comment. That down was a uh bit. oh, that was um was that yesterday. I wouldn't really want No, it wasn't it was yesterday. Maybe two days. I, I don't know when it was, but I it could have been it was Tyone, I think. Was it? It, anyone in the remember. chat, if yeah, you guys I remember, because he here. that was a great, a great moment from a veteran guy like Rizzo coming out and just kind of yeah, calming everything he down. Initiated that. I think I it think, was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Friday's game. Can't I can't think of what what exactly the moment. I was, remember but. it happening. I just don't remember one now. But you know, not that I want to knock Anthony Rizzo, but I mean. <sighs> He had one of the worst at-bats I'll ever see the guy take yesterday. It's first and third, nobody out. And for a situation, for a guy that's a lot smarter of a hitter than he is there, to, to strike out on three pitches and one that was at his neck, I mean, that really was another situation uh, where if he just puts the bat in the ball, gets or even if he grounds into a double plate, the Yankees have a second run. Uh, and, you know, they were 0 for 9 and were runners in scoring position yesterday. They had their opportunities. They just could not – get the big hit. They had a couple, again, they had a couple solo home runs yesterday with uh, Glaber Torres and Aaron Judge. And, you know, here's the problem right now with the Yankees. You know, I'll be the first to admit, I did not trust this starting rotation. I did not love this starting rotation uh, beginning, uh, you know, in the offseason. And I thought it was uh, a big error on Brian Cashman's part that he did nothing to address it. But, you know, as we say at Memorial Day, and we say, we say this all the time, the first mile marker for the season is Memorial Day. And the Yankees are sitting in a nice spot right now. They're 18 games over 500. And I believe, what are they, four and a half over the Rays for first place right now? I believe that's what their lead is. Yeah. 
Four in the loss. I mean, is it? It's four in the loss, right? I think it's four. They're four in the loss. Uh, four in the loss. Yeah, four. Yes, yeah, four in the loss. Okay. So, I mean, I don't care. All these guys that were all cucking for the Yankees in the offseason, saying we had a world championship team. I don't think any of them could have sat here and told you that they, they were going to be this good at Memorial Day. I think this is above and beyond everybody's expectations of them that to be sitting with a nice little lead be 18 games over 500 on Memorial Day. So they've exceeded expectations. And they've largely done it because this starting rotation, which I laughed at people that said this was a top-five staff, and they pitched like it. So, you know, if i got to take an L on this, I'll gladly take an L on it. Yeah. If, like I always said, dude, right. I, if, if I'm going to be wrong, let me be wrong in positivity for the Yankees, you know? Yeah, and imagine if Cole was pitching like Garrett Cole, how much better you would be t- – how much – how much better we'd feel this rotation was because Cole and Sevy have had their holes, but really you look at the rest of them. I Tyone is quietly having a phenomenal season and, and he got a little, it got a little louder in his last start because it was a bigger start and you really saw the guy go out. He went eight innings. Did he go eight plus? Yeah, he won eight. No, he won eight. He went eight. Um, yeah. yeah, then I mean, shut it down. I mean, brilliant performance in my opinion, best performance as a Yankee. I don't even think it's close right. where, where Tyone wasn't just the guy who kind of got in and out of trouble. He was just the guy who fucking mowed him down and no one was touching him. And we really hadn't seen that side of Tyone just be dominant and shut everyone down. We really haven't. Tyone had really turned a corner in July of last year. And then unfortunately he got hurt and that's kind of been his story as a, as a pitcher uh, if the Yankees can keep him healthy, man, this is a great pitcher. He really is. Oh yeah. I mean, this is this is the guy. This what he's showing right now is what Brian Cashman envisioned when he traded for him. You know. Yeah. And uh, he's just five got and his, one with a two point four nine ERA wow. right now. Uh, ERA doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. No. What's his woba? Uh, woba. Yeah. Woba bacon what's it? is uh yeah. four three oh high. What's I don't his, even know what's good or what's not good. What's his fielding okay. independent pitching? Okay, okay. That's, yeah. a, that's a negative uh-huh. two point XRC. Uh-huh. That's, Cola. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, wow. okay. All right. I don't like WRC because it reminds me of RC Cola, and I do not drink that product. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, Tyone has been great, right? You know, you would say that not, any of the, the chat's going off right now about dick pics. Oh yeah, because there was some someone spamming. Oh man, we got spam, dude. Send dick pics to girls with us. All right, I could go yank to it. <laughs> really? Like, we're gonna get kicked off of YouTube now. <sighs> Only us, right? Only us. Okay. So I, I would get. I would venture to say that if the Yankees' problems right now on May thirtieth are not in the starting rotation, correct. This all of a sudden, though, suddenly they become very thin in the bullpen. Very, like very thin. Very. Yeah. To to the point where I saw Albert Abreu got DFA'd, and I was like, the Yankees should probably. He wasn't bad for them last year. Yeah, it's like maybe Yankees should bring this guy back. You know. Well, here's Uh, the here's the thing, real quick. I just want to point this out that, um. We have we have some extra pieces that we're using. You know, I know Michael King's been here a while, and I know he's been shit lately. But when he was <laughs> when he was dominant in that you know month or so stretch, we didn't have that last year. We didn't have him in that role last year. We didn't have uh, you know 
some uh we didn't have homes all year so we weren't used to that now we're, because some guys are hurt we're starting to rely on guys like Licky again we're starting to rely on guys like Wandy Peralta again and they're just not panning out it's mm-hmm. like the flame just died out now and so it's it's making you a little nervous when Licky has to come into a, a tie game or a one run game yeah, you know just- late late innings for I want Mike, Michael wanna, King. Wanna, Let me just, can I just throw out Michael uh-huh, King's stats because uh-huh. they're so uh-huh. yeah. good. Except uh, last for seven, last seven, just his last seven games, eleven and a third innings pitched, fifteen hits, nine earned runs. Oh, wow, man. that bad, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. not good. Damn, Definitely not good. Okay, not good. So, just want uh-huh. to throw that out there. Continue. Uh, what was I going to say now? Uh-huh. <laughs> We're know. talking. Licky. I got distracted because my kid is screaming outside the door over here. I don't know what the hell triggered her. Oh, okay, she probably turned on the TV. So Uncle Chris, okay, okay. got triggered. Okay, right, triggered. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what the hell I was going to say. We were talking. I was talking about Licky bullpen running thin, being nervous. Licky coming into an eight, you oh, know, yeah, eighth yeah, yeah, inning yeah, yeah, tie yeah. game, whatever. All right. Yankees were down two to one yesterday, late in the game, seventh inning, I believe it was. Mm. Uh, Sevy, what? Uh, two, two runners on, on. Yep. two runners on, and I don't know what Boone lets Severino talk himself into staying in games. This is like the second or third time we've seen that happen. This you can't, year. you can't let it happen there. Well, didn't Boone come out of the bo- of the dugout and like he was just going out for a mound visit and Severino freaked out like, no, you're not taking me out again. That was a couple of weeks ago when Severino was actually he didn't have he didn't have anything on the mound. It was like the second inning and he was kind of getting hit up a little bit and he told Boone to stay in there. And to Seve's credit, he settled in, but I didn't like that Boone let him sit in, stay in the game at that point because I think he should have pulled him. But, uh, we don't, but again, this is like the second or third time we've seen Severino talk his way into the game. He got one more batter, Boone pulls him, and then he goes to Marinaccio in that spot. And I know a lot of people on social media were ripping Boone, like, how do you go to Marinaccio in that spot when you had Clark Schmidt uh, in the bullpen and Schmidt comes in anyway? Here's here's my take on it. And I know we can rip Aaron Boone for a lot of different things, but to me, I didn't get that worked up over it because, I mean, yeah, Schmidt's been better, but if your other option is Schmidt, you know, he's not really a uh, uh, an established bullpen guy. It's not like... 2021, Jonathan Lewisica was sitting out there and they went to Marinaccio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and, and the second thing is, is um, my kid is trying to break in here and I'm losing concentration. Like, I don't know what the hell is going She's on. She's trying to there. attack you. Maybe, maybe you triggered her. I probably did. Okay. I gave her a lot of watermelon today. She's probably got a lot of like sugar running through her. Okay. Do you want me to make a point while you can think of yours? Maybe it's no, about Boone. Like, maybe it'll help you. Yeah. Yeah, no, Boone. Uh, he and then Marinaccio ends up walking in a run and then hitting in, hitting a Zudino allowed another runner. And the Yankees, what did they lose? Four? To, was it four? To four two. two. It was four one. It was four one, and and the Yankees scored a run right, and made it four right. two. That, that bag of dirt, uh, Aaron Hicks, uh, got robbed oh. of a hit and would have made it four to three on her. And then that's probably where I got the third. Oh, right, and then they right. and then. And then JP Fire Rise, and I think he's the only guy still in the league from the Ben Heller trade. Uh, not the Ben Heller. The the Adam Heller. My God in heaven. What the fuck is this guy's Jesus. name? Andrew Miller. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Miller. Miller. Mowed down the Yankees like they weren't even uh they weren't even there. 
So, yeah, yeah, here's man, he looks fucking sharp. But he, my my I guess my point was is uh, did you have a problem with going to Marinaccio there? Because I understand what Boone was doing. Marinaccio was looked pretty dominant uh, coming in for two innings after JP Sears earlier in the week. I guess he was really just trying to ride the hot hand, and he needs guys that he can rely on out there. So why not in that situation like that see if Marinaccio can be a guy you can rely on? Sure. I didn't really have. I mean, I didn't really have that big of an issue with it. I know it didn't work out, but hindsight's always twenty twenty in a spot. Like here's that. why. Here's why I don't have a problem with it. It's because before the bullpen, you know, was faced with some injuries and is and is thin now. One strength I think that Boone has had more than anything else has been establishing establishing a game plan of. Who you're going to go to when you're up a run, tie down a run, up big, down big? We pretty much had it. We pretty much had a good idea of the guys available in any given situation at any inning. Who who was going to come into that into that spot? And very only very few times did Boone kind of make me scratch my head. Where last year I felt like it was every other game he was making me scratch my head. So I feel like because the the bullpen has, has had so much depth, and that's and that's saying something because Loisic has been shit, Chapman's been shit, you know, before they were hurt. Uh, Green was okay, he's hurt. So you know, Britain hasn't been here. So they've had depth from guys that kind of stepped into roles and have been really exceeding expectations. And I think Boone did has done a very good job up to this point. And I think at this point, it's exactly what you said, Christian. He's kind of trying to establish something in a sense of he's kind of, he's been good his last few times out. Um, let me go to him. He's It's my hot hand. And also, we're still losing right now, and my offense has been pretty dead. And I might need, you know, Schmidt for, you know, do they have any double, you know, double headers coming up, anything like that? Who knows? Clark Schmidt needs to be a guy who's – not coming into one-run games in one inning. Clark Schmidt needs to be used in a better role than that, in my opinion. He's not the guy to come in in a, in a one-run game. He's just not to me. So if Marinaccio is your hot hand at that point, I'm fine with it. I think the Yankees, uh, they should be scouring Major League Baseball right now to see if they could bring in uh, somebody for the bullpen. I think they, they need help out there. I mean, luckily... You know, knock on wood, this this rotation's not only been great, but they've been going deep into games, so they've kind of eliminated some of the need to cover those innings that we saw them have to cover in the beginning of the year. But I still think, you know, long term, you don't know. You know, this is a shoulder again for Luizica. And if you want to say that was the reason why he struggled so far this year, okay, maybe it is. But, Chris, he had a history of shoulder issues before he came to the Yankees. He's had shoulder issues with the Yankees. So, I mean, like, how reliable truly is Jonathan Luizica? Well, we got to, like we've said, how many off-seasons now? We got to start cutting the fat. We can't okay. keep we can't keep going into seasons where we have guys in extremely important roles that just aren't reliable. And and the back of the bullpen, you really... You, you gotta, you gotta kind of give them a, some slack with Loizaga because he was so, so good last year, right? You're, there's no way you're not going into the season saying, okay, he's, he's my definitely my setup man. 
Yeah, but he was hurt. He was hurt also last year. He was on the IL for an extended period of time. I understand, but but my point is, he was just that good when he was healthy. You're not just going to give Look, up got, on that. I, no, I understand that. But, but your again, closer, your closer, has been the most unreliable guy you can hand a ball to for how many years now? He got broken. Jose Altuve broke him in the 2019 ALCS. I know other people have said that, but I believe that he something happened to him when that ball went over. It didn't even go over a wall. Hit the hit the fucking whatever train yeah, tracks. Stupid that, train track. That rinky dink fucking toy store. Uh, yeah, ballpark they play in over there in Houston. Bullshit. That stadium sucked. I've been there. Yeah. I'm looking up. I'm looking up some possible moves that the Yankees. Can- your mic keeps cutting out, but we got you. We appreciate it. Uh-huh. We appreciate it. You know, you look at what was supposed to be the strength of this team is the is the bullpen. And like Clay Holmes has stepped up into an elite status right now, but everybody else is pretty much taking if not a step back, a giant step back. Yeah. And it's it's worrisome. You're not gonna win with the way the Yankees like to deploy things, especially. In the postseason, if you only have Clay Holmes as your only reliable reliever out there, and I love what he's done so far, but you know, for me to just stamp him at, as an untouchable is kind of hard at this point because, yeah, he got traded over here with an ERA over five. He had never had this type of success. And you want to give credit to Matt Blake. That's fine. That's perfect. And I think Matt Blake deserves a lot of credit. But also, you just don't know until he completes an entire season doing this. Yeah, I think you can argue ever since they lost uh, those three games in a row, four out of five in that stretch, and then they, you know, they they start to win, string wins together again, and then they lose the last two to the Rays in that entire stretch. I think you can argue that if the Yankees have the same bullpen they did, you know, the first month of the season leading up to that point, and even leading up to that point, they might take back three out of those five or six games that they lost because a couple of them were really like, if you look back on like Nestor's uh, start and, um, and was it, was it Sevy start also against the White Sox? I believe it was those two. They only gave up like one or two, one or two earned runs total. And then they came out both games were kind of shitty games for the Yankees. Uh, is my mic working? Yeah, yeah. we can yes, hear you. Yeah. Okay, we got a super chat. Okay. Hunter. Hunter Lawson, thank you. Herman will be a key piece out oh, of the God. pen. Okay. Hunter, okay. thanks for the super chat, my man. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Hunter. I mean, okay, I don't want think about Hunter there. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're going to have to. I don't want to. I don't want him around this team. I think he, for many reasons, I don't want Herman around this team. But, I mean, now, I mean, if we're just looking at a purely baseball perspective we're in a situation where we have to kind of rely on domingo herman coming back i think the yankees need him right now that's a good call but isn't he on the 60 yeah but we're approaching it we're gonna yeah, come off soon oh yeah Fucking wow june wow yeah i mean you <laughs> if you can you, you might have to at this point any any updates on britain at all uh, Boone said good. he's going to be a player. He thinks he'll be a player this year, but I mean, what can you expect out of him? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even thinking he's going to pitch at all this year for them. I mean, now, uh, Boone said that recently too, within the last week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I look. I I'm 
in the same boat as you with Herman. But if they need him, they need him. And he's a guy who, in my opinion, as good as he's been in, in certain spots as a starter, his his true strength is out of the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate to compare him to Romero Mendoza, but I need him in that situation. I need, I would, if he would come back and be a be a player for the Yankees, I would need him in that role. Well, in he, that, in that uh, Romero Mendoza role. Look, there's only you kids don't know who Romero Mendoza is. Look him up. Look him up. Look, there's only two ways the Yankees sustain, you know, the injuries in the bullpen. There's a, two things need to happen, and I don't know if you can really ask for this. Without making other moves, of course. The first thing is you need to you need to hope the pitching continues to go deep into ball games and be effective. You're starting pitching. Go, okay, go balls deep. Okay. Go balls deep and be effective, right? Which it's tough to ask out of every single guy like they've been doing it. And the second thing is you need you need King to figure yeah, what the fuck yeah. is going on out. If he's healthy. He needs to perform like he did yeah. previous to this slump. Because you we can get by with your starters going deeper into ball games and having King and Holmes out there being as dominant as King was and as dominant as Holmes is. You know, you can definitely get by with alternating uh, Ricky and Peralta. Yes. King, Schmidt, Castro, and Holmes. You can get by with that if the Yankee starters are going to keep this up. But we all know it's baseball. It's 162 games. These Somebody's going to hit a slump. The rotation will hit a slump as a whole, and the bullpen will need to be relied on more. So there are the Yankees are going to need improvements somewhere. For sure. For sure. Uh, the name that keeps popping up in the chat is a guy I forgot about, actually, Stephen Ryden. Mm. Isn't he guy? hurt, though? I think he's, he's hurt. hurt. He's, on, he's, the, hurt. he's, he's on, the, on the 60, but it was in April. He got placed for 60 uh, with shoulder inflammation. He had so. really nasty stuff in the time. Yeah. that He showed it when he came up here. But, again, he's a guy that is – He's been a non-factor so far this year because he's hurt. You know, guys like Stephen Ridings, man, there are opportunities to to take to claim a spot on this team, man. You got to be killing yourself that you're mm. hurt right now. I just want to you know? I just want to point one thing out. I say this. I've said this in the past. I say it all the time. We are in a we live in an era now in baseball where everything is so monitored. Pitch counts. You know. When guys are available out of the pen, you know, he pitched on Saturday, so he can't pitch again until next week. And even though, you know, we have 20 days off coming up, he can't pitch the next day and all this shit. But who are the guys who are hurt? Who are the guys that keep getting hurt? Are they the veterans? Very rarely. It seems to be all this shoulder and, and elbow shit or all these young kids. So how much is it really helping? Do do people not sit back and just kind of ask that and be like, okay, I know I know it sounds responsible. I know it seems responsible to say, okay, you can't blow out your arm. But these guys are being babied and they're still blowing out their arms at a crazy rate. Yeah, I mean, you are the outcast if you don't get Tommy John right. surgery. Right. It's crazy. So it's like <laughs> are we are we babying their arms too much where we're not allowing them to to build durability. Okay. You're not cool if you didn't get Tommy John. Okay. <laughs> Especially on the Yankees. Look, I, I I can... I'm not in the shape that I once was, okay? But I've always kind of been a gym guy. Uh, and I've, it's like this, is that 
your body can only do what you train it to do. So you can't go out there and, and you do 50 pound curls if you've never done 15 pound curls before. Right. right? Unless you're on steroids. Unless you're on steroids. Okay. So, you know, if these guys are being babied all the way up and then you ask them to start pitching two out of three days, you know, the, their, their bodies are not trained for that to give you a hundred pitches or whatever to put the, t- you know, and you think about it, right? There's no stress on these guys when they pitch in the minor leagues, even though some of these teams might go and play off runs, win championships, they're still protected as investments. The team's success is second to the player's development in the minor leagues. So there's no stress put on these guys. So once you, and then all, that's another thing that you have to take into account. And then once they come to the big leagues and they have to pitch, pitch stressful innings, that's, you know, Chris, you're, you pitch, dude. You could speak to it better than I can. Once the, there's a difference between going out there and throwing a couple innings in a sim game or, or, you know, an exhibition or, or a bullpen. And then there's going out there and trying to get guys out. 15 pitches in the bullpen is not 15 pitches on the mound when you're trying to preserve a one-run lead with a runner on third base. It's not even close. And it it kind of goes back to my point of where I say that, you know, I know everyone hated Gary Sanchez in the lineup, but I always say, like, Gary Sanchez's presence is better, even if he's hitting a buck 20, than Kyle Higashioka hitting a buck 20 because of the pressure he still puts on the pitcher because in a pitcher's mind, he's not intimidated by Kyle Gashioka and he is intimidated by Sanchez because he knows that if Sanchez can get a hold of one, he, yeah. he, he can take him deep and ruin a ball game. I'm not, again, Sanchez sucks defensively. So I'm not saying he should be here. It was just a point I'm trying to make of and grades out statistically better than Kyle Gashioka. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> it used to be my argument for Gallo over Hicks because at least Gallo to me was profiled as a power guy who would get a hold of 30, 30 plus home runs in a season and do damage. Even if he was batting a buck 50 and struck out every other at bat, you know? So Gallo was always, that was always my argument for him of having him in this lineup. And I'm sure we'll get to that when we get to it. But to your point, yeah, those, those innings, those at bats are important. And, if you're not trained to to get through that, you know, when you come up into the big leagues, I know they still baby these guys, but right off the bat, just the just the intensity puts more strain on your arm. So it just go, you know, it just goes back to my original question of maybe like do they sit down and reevaluate how they're going about their business with these young kids? And that's just not the Yankees. This is across the board. It just happens more and more frequently now. Yeah, I mean, I don't. This, I guess, the science speaks into what they're doing. I, I, I don't know. You just see, but you still see a lot of arm injuries in young pitchers. So you got to question. I mean, if it's working or not. And I'm sorry, is that Ryan? Well, not yes. <laughs> in outer space, I, a lot of it too, though. Is uh, these guys all throw so fucking hard now? So their arms that's are true. going out. It's almost like, that's very so, true. You know, that's another point to a guy like Nestor Cortez. You're not going to have to, hopefully. Hopefully, dude. Don't even say it. Just stop talking. Yeah. yeah but great point. I'm, great point. No, I'm not going to. Uh-huh. I'm not going to finish. Great this, point. Stop <laughs> fucking talking. Yeah. Oh, 
All right. So uh, what okay. I also wanted to touch on here, uh, as you watch us watch the hockey game, all right. Last week you watched <laughs> us watch baseball. This week you watch us watch hockey. All right. Maybe next week you watch us watch badminton. All right. All right. Really sure right. right. Um, but as, like I said earlier. Memorial Day is the first mile marker of the season, so you like to take a look at where things are. I think the Yankees as a team as a whole are sitting nice right now. Like we said, four games up and a loss, 18 games over 500. But I, again, what really perturbed me the most, though, is that I said once you hit the next five, you don't go backwards. Mm-hmm. And they got to 20 over and they lost the next two games. So that, for the way I set bars in my head, that pissed me off. But to still be 18 games over at Memorial Day is a real nice spot to be in. Sure. What, what I want to look at here more so than than the team's record is the biggest disappointments and the biggest positives surprises that this team has faced uh, has has uh, had pop up so far this year. And I just want to read this real quick. This is I did my own investigative journalism after the game was over yesterday. Okay? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I knew it was bad. Like I knew it was bad. I mm-hmm. watched the games. Okay. Right. But when you put it. If when you type, first of all, I when want you to put it on this, paper. I want to read this tweet from Sweeney Murdy, who's who's dumber than a box of rocks. I'm sorry. If, if this is thanks, if thanks this for is, coming on our show back in the day, but you're you're dumb. I mean, if this is your tweet, you're you're just you're stupid. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I hate to be that crass, but it is what it is. He tweets this this morning, or actually after the game yesterday. Okay, Yankee starters gave up four runs in four games and averaged seven innings per start. I think it would be a lot worse series if the Yankees pitching got hammered by Tampa Bay and they won three out of four. Lineups will come around, make changes, and that's a lot easier than fixing a leaky rotation. What? Yes, Chris. He actually said that the Yankees would have had a worse series had they won more games in it. I thought you were joking yesterday. No. He actually that's, said this. That's not even, I don't, it's not even, that's the part that I'm. Is there a thread? With. Is there a thread where no, he, no. where he then goes on to explain? No, his, no, I can, I understand his explanation. He did it in the initial tweet. The explanation was that the Yankees starting pitching dominated. And that's more important over the long run than had they not dominated the series. And the Yankees had to outscore the, the Tampa Bay Rays. So if, if the Yankees are in game seven of a World Series and Garrett Cole throws a complete game, sh- uh, sorry, if he throws eight innings, no runs, and then uh, Chapman comes in and blows it, do they still get a ring? No, the Yankees would not win the World Series then. Oh. Would Sweeney Murdy purchase rings for the team because it was uh, better than them winning? Uh, no, I, I would assume that he wouldn't. Okay. So, so then is so then is he being paid by by Brian Cashman? Because I, I I have to disagree with you that Sweeney Murdy's dumber than a bag of rocks. Uh, for this tweet, for is. that tweet, I mean, now he is, now he is. But my point is, um, he's uh, he's a good baseball guy. Uh, L- I can't. Okay, Doff's cousin is down on the ice for the. Uh, for the Rangers right now, okay? Oh. So we need to get him some of those Soviet steroids. Okay. 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 Get him hopped up here, okay? Okay, right, go ahead. I, I just don't see that in Murdy, you know, in, in the past. I don't agree with everything that he says all the time. 
but uh, he's usually pretty. He's usually pretty good. No, I mean this is stupid, though. It's dumb. It's beyond stupid. It, it, it's not. It's not just stupid, in my opinion. When it, when a when a credible reporter for a team tweets something out as ridiculous as the team was better off losing than they would have been winning if so and so happened, you are you have one job, and it doesn't <sighs> matter how you do it. The goal is to win. That is it. I don't care how many runs you give up. I don't care about anything. If you win, you win. You might look at things from a different perspective of long-term right. and, and so on and so forth mm -hmm. if you're being called to. But to just to blindly tweet that it would have been, that it's better they lost than if they got blown up, the starting pitcher got blown yeah. up and they won is just dumb. Look, if this was a series against like the Diamondbacks or some random team, then yeah, maybe you can kind of see I the can't. point he's making. No, but I can was, never see that. Point. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm on that side as well. But, but this was, this was a huge series against the Rays to really come out and show that you're not like the teams of the last five years, and that you weren't years. You're not going to let this team bully you in any way. Well, and 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 that's kind of what they did by dropping. I mean, would you have felt better? Uh, do you feel better that uh, Cole will take two games? They lost that Cole and Severino allowed three runs over 12 innings and they lost, or would you rather have both of them given up eight runs in two and a third inning, but the Yankees won 10 to seven ball games. What would you feel better about the latter? To me winning the f yeah. games is what I would feel better about because ultimately, we're not Garrett Cole fans. We're New York Yankee fans. I mean, ultimately isn't the goal of, participating in a sporting event to win it not play what well. i mean yeah I, I don't know dude it's just it no just it's a just dumb a dumb tweet but it's just a dumb tweet to, to sgr's point and it's it was a great point after those first two games you know we broke down how great cortez was and how great tyone was but there was something else we're missing and that is that you watch these two teams play in those two games and for the first time in a in a few years now I said to myself, the Yankees actually look like a much better team than the Rays. They mm -hmm. looked all around, fundamentally, like a better team, hands down, than the Rays. And not only did those two games, winning those two right off the bat, allow you the opportunity to, to easily win that series by taking one of two. Not only did you blow that, but you also had the opportunity to really put your foot right on their necks and choke them out and because they're four games out now and they would have been what? Six? six. If you just win one of those next two. So that's a huge, I mean, and, that's and a huge swing. Jump from four to six is big. It is. It's a huge swing. Even if you walked away with five. It's, you can't. Well, huh? mathematically, they then, then they would have been seven. No. Then how could you not walk away? So what if they won the next game? They would have been up how many? If they won if they, Saturday. Okay. If they won Saturday. Okay. They were up six on Thursday. After so they would have been eight game. games. They would have been. They would have been eight games up if they. Had right swept. now, it's making more sense. Eight games. Had they swept six? If they if they took three took or four three out of four. Yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Because we know the Rays are playing below what they what we can expect from them, and the Yankees are playing above. So uh -huh. to so to let them off the hook there and let them take those last two games when they were very winnable ball games, it's 
and there's also, nothing more than than to just win. Think about how, how bad they've been at Tropicana Field these last. I don't know, probably since 2010, probably last. Yeah, year, yeah. I mean, the Yankees play. Ba- I mean, yeah. the Yankees play baseball, and uh, they have to go down to. Yeah, playing a friggin' circus tent, you know. Yeah. So, and I just want to say this before we get into to what I really want to get into: the Yankees need to stop getting clowned by guys that talk shit about them. I mean, how many times have we seen this now, where a guy runs his mouth, especially after his team loses to the Yankees? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, it's like a it's like a a magic potion for his team, and then his team starts winning, and he ends up being the reason why they win one of the at least one of the games. We just seen it last week with Tim Anderson. And now this week, uh Walls, who I didn't I don't respect him enough to learn his first name. Okay. Walls, batting batting 150 after the Yankees win game one says they're a beatable team. Uh, and then what happens here? He comes up with a big home run Sunday and then he makes a great play on Hicks to to steal a run there, which if the Yankees get that run, maybe they get a little bit more of a rally going possibly tied a game there they need at, at you're, for, point, you're forgetting the biggest thing that he did he beat out that double play ball oh he beat out a double play ball uh-huh. I, like i said i wasn't in, i was in and out of the game yesterday okay i had the ipad on i was in the house out of the house that I was started. saturday though that's when they scored the second run the inning would have been over but he beat out the double play and no nah, i was already mad at that point uh-huh. mm, okay. i was already mad at that point no nah, i i remember that now okay okay Okay. You remembered something. I remember everything. You remember something. You because IKF IKF took 30 Fuck seconds to take too. the ball and then barely yeah. threw it across the diamond. His arm. His I'm arm just asking for what I'm asking. Since CC Sabath, you're retired. Can we have one of their pitchers step up and just buzz a guy? You don't even have to hit him. Just buzz him when he runs his mouth. About it's crazy. Team. All right. So, like I said. I knew it was bad, but when you put it on paper and you look at it, you realize how, how, how you, it almost is a miracle that this team is 18 games above 500. Are you ready for this? Yeah, give it to me. Kyle Higashioka, <laughs> who everybody said, he's not Gary. Okay. The pitchers love throwing to him. He's a better defensive catcher. Okay? Sucks. Grades out as one of the worst catchers defensively in the big leagues right now. There you go. Okay. I believe he leads the league in pass balls, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, God. Everybody had a fucking aneurysm every time uh, Gary Sanchez had one last year. And I'm not advocating for Gary to come back to the Yankees. He needed to go. Okay. This is not a Gary versus Higgy thing. This is a you guys ran Gary out. And you're giving Higgy a pass for all the shit you hated Gary for. Right. And he's, in fact, worse. 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 Chris, what would I say would be an OPS which would kind of... Where's the 100 points you would, over your average. No, not on base percentage. Your OPS, your oh. on base plus slugging. <laughs> what number would you say if you hit at... If you have an OPS at this level, you don't belong in the major leagues. Would you say... Below 600? You know, yeah, below 600, right? You know, right, yeah, right around. It's like said. maybe 620, 590 in yeah. that range. Okay, Chris, if you're a starting catcher for the New York Yankees... Your OPS should not be 427. It's unbearable. 427. And yeah, there's no story. He plays at least half the games, guys. Give me a fucking break here. Everybody's arguing with me about this. He plays at least half the games. The Yankees have not demoted him to playing once a week. He still plays half the games. Right. And his OPS is 427. You know what? The, 
you could you could find a beer league. I told this to Pete before we came on. You could find a beer league softball player that could come up here and and hit to a four twenty seven OPS. And Kyle Higashioka is half of the starting is basically half the starting catcher right He's now. He's starting okay. catcher B. The starting catcher A, starting catcher B. Okay. Aaron Hicks. OP, OPS of five fifty nine. <laughs> this is that doesn't surprise me. Center fielder. This is you're talking about. Look at guys that have patrolled center field in Yankee history: Joey D, Mickey Mantle, Bernie Williams. He has an OPS of five fifty nine, but he's an elite walker, right? Okay. Yeah. Joey Gallo. The one thing you you thought this guy was going to come up here that he at least was going to do for you is get on base, hit home runs. So you would say by by default he'd have an OPS in the high 700s. By default, 570. <laughs> Unbearable. It's 570. It's not sustainable. IKF outpaces these guys by 35 points. His OPS is 605. Wild. You have four guys that are hitting under what there you would is. consider acceptable to be a major league baseball player. Um, you have four of them in the starting lineup. IKF, IKF is the only one that qualifies for like the league leader stand, uh, you know, leaderboards or whatever. IKF would is twentieth on on the OPS for the worst. He's the twentieth worst OPS. <laughs> um, Why Hicks, doesn't Gallo and Hicks would qualify? Because they didn't. They just haven't had the uh, enough amount of games to qualify. Really. Thirty-one plate appearances per team games played. Hicks, Hicks, and Gallo would be right in at, right, right at ten, and Higashioka would be in the lead by almost a hundred points. <laughs> Yasmani Grandal is the leader oh, qualifier. Can He's you tell me at five oh four? You have the the whole list up, right? Of all of them, you have qualifiers. Yeah, just catchers or no, it's everyone. No. Okay, so can you tell me where Carlos Correa stands? Uh, he. Probably doesn't qualify yet. He doesn't because he was on the IL. He doesn't yeah. qualify. What about uh, Seager? Uh, let me see one second. You're talking about Corey Seager? Yeah. He would be uh, 741. What about... Correa, um, seven, Correa is on the list, 751. What about... Um, I mean, these aren't great numbers. No, they're not great, but no. they're they're way better than... Than what we I got. Guess. I mean, Trevor's story's definitely got to be approaching 800 with the way he's been on fire lately. Now, right, right? Do, now, right. Do me a favor. You don't have to do it right away, but eventually, if you could pull up uh, the errors leaders in okay. the major leagues, I believe. I, I think you'll already know the answer. I think I because I can't lead the team in errors, right? Yeah, but he can't be the leader because he, we got him for the for the defense. He's great defensively. So I want to narrow it down. If you want, let's start with the biggest disappointments. Let's. I want to narrow it down to these four guys. Pete said uh, is, stories at seven fifty-five. By the way, I so I knew he was he was climbing towards eight hundred with how hot he's been. Yeah. Out of these four guys, which one has been the biggest disappointment for you? For me, I know a lot of people want to just jump right to Gallo, but Hicks has been up Man, in dude. so many big spots. I it can't it's not even close for me. It's, it's Aaron Hicks. It's not even close. Aaron Hicks by a mile. It's not even close. It's not even his bat that's bothering uh, his bat has been awful. It's the way he's playing the outfield that has been the most frustrating part of his game. To watch him be so uh passive 
with 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 coming in on a ball and letting IKF catch the they should just they should just stick IKF out in center field and let him play center field. The amount of times I've seen Hicks let him get a ball that is clearly his that he needs to take command of. It just that's not a center fielder. Well, dude, the way he strikes out with like his awful swings and then slamming the helmet, whatever, it transcends into the outfield. When he's out mm. there, he he dr- lets balls drop the same way he swings and misses at balls. He just <laughs> looks completely defeated. Yeah, defeated. like he doesn't know where he is. I want to say this about Hicks yesterday, right? He came up in two spots later in the game, runners in scoring position, and he smoked the ball twice. One liner, uh, liner to third baseman, and then he hit that ball that Walls made a great play on uh, up the middle. They both would have netted runs for the Yankees, uh, but they didn't. And I tweeted, I said, he's been bad. He's been too bad for too long for me to feel sorry for him now. It, did Aaron Boone, uh, I don't know if you heard any of the post game, but didn't hear any did he post-game. give his bullshit answer of, you know, Hicks has been swinging uh, a better bat? We, we think he's close. Just, I literally just said I didn't hear any of the post game. Okay. We think he's close. I mean, he, Wrong. I, would it, I mean, would it surprise me if he said that? Look, yes, was the approach better? Yes. I mean, I'm ha- you're not happy with the result, but you're <laughs> happy that he actually had decent at-bats in those spots. I mean, you, I, with Aaron Hicks, you got to take baby steps, right? Yeah. He's been – he. You, wanna, you talked about Garrett Cole against Franco there where it was a non-competitive at-bat. We've seen Hicks come up with runners in scoring position – and a guy that's an elite walker who sees four point fuck mm. your mother plate appearances <laughs> per at bat, oh. it, it strikes out in three pitches, and he's swinging. He swings that one up that he needs a ladder to, to reach. He needs one that he needs to uh, to dig out in the dirt, you know. So for him to hit the ball twice hard and would run his scoring position, hard. Hard. congratulations, Aaron. Like seriously, congrats. and I don't think great, I don't think you have to take baby steps now. Yeah, sorry, Chris. I was just gonna, I was just gonna fill fill in that Aaron Boone quote on the. Uh, oh, let me hear on, you got on the Hicks Taylor Walls play. It oh, was his a, name is Taylor. Uh-huh. Yes, Taylor. It was a great at bat and a great play. Aaron Boone said, "That's it." Well, it's better than than his normal bullshit. But wait, oh, never mind. No, that's not him. That's not him. Never mind. Keep going. What were we? Uh... What was I saying? I I, Wait, I was cutting you yeah, off. I feel him. like he's I feel like he's pressed in certain situations. Controlling the strike zone has been a hallmark though in his career. And at times recently he's tried to chase that hit a little bit. That can get you in trouble as a hitter. Sometimes you want it so bad you start playing into the hands of the pitcher. We are gonna start banging. Okay, so here's my I mean, thing. And there's other times when you just you're just not good. Okay. Yeah, well oh, he, here oh never mind, never mind. Here, here's my <laughs> thing. Right, I don't think you need to take baby steps with Hicks anymore for two reasons. One, he's been here long enough. Mm. Right, there's no more baby steps. Give me what we're supposed to get. I'm not going to take baby steps if he if he gets a fucking single. I'm not going to sit there and be like, okay, okay, Hicks. I you know I'm feeling a little better about you. Maybe next time you get a double. No, like you should be getting fucking hits once in a while, dude. It's better than what you're doing now. And the second reason I'm not going to take baby steps with them is because when you come into a season making a claim that you're going to be a 30, 30 player, and then you come out and do what you're doing. There's no more baby steps. Give me the 30, 30 player. Where is he? You're right. man. You wanted I mean, to open your fucking mouth. He doesn't you're exist. Right, dude. He doesn't think what? He doesn't exist. Right. He, he really doesn't. That, that's, that's, 
that's the biggest thing is that he he had a whole like fucking press tour before the season started. He, there's there's like three or four different quotes from him saying how how he was going to come out, how this team was going to perform, what they were going, what their mindset was going to be, and all of this. And and now oh, look the at Rangers these results. Missed a fucking great chance there. Yeah. 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 And you know what, Ryan? Yeah, okay. I you know I don't necessarily I don't mind when players come out and they're confident and they want to. They want to be confident about how they're going to produce, but there's ways to do hipster. that other than to make a claim of something that you're never, you've never even been close to. Oh, right. three nothing, Rangers. Did they score? Rangers three nothing. I'm behind. I'm behind I'm too. Uh-huh. Why am I? I because I'm, I'm watching my, on my phone. Yeah. You're wa- you were watching, watching on our phones. I'm watching on my computer. Okay. Well, last week when we were watching the Yankees, you were like fucking four pitches ahead of me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they get just a wide okay. open from the future. Well, I don't know what the hell happened to, nice. to the uh, the Hurricanes goalie. It was like dead on the fucking ice for like three oh, minutes. Damn. This is a backup. You know, they've the the Canes have won six straight game sevens. They win this. Tonight. I mean, if, if this one, there's going to be a lot of unhappy Ranger fans, but he can't pull a three nothing lead halfway through the game here. Bro. No, right. Not in a game seven. Now he must have rolled his chat and plays hockey now. You know? Maybe he does. Time, when's the last time a New York, uh, I guess they did in the first round? going to say one of game seven but they they literally just did it last round all right so what are we talking about aaron hicks oh, he sucks yeah, he uh-huh. sucks he doesn't exist all right well he exists and he's going to exist for a while because i tweeted this after the game on saturday that the yankees need to realize that he i mean i, I again i don't know what they watch versus what we watch what positive value does he bring to this team right now? And shut and please don't tell me that he walks, okay? Don't tell me that he walks. He doesn't walk what, anymore. What positive value does Aaron Hicks bring to this ball club? Yeah. I mean, we did we we went through the checklist a couple of weeks ago of all the things I consider that a good player does, and he does none of them. Yeah, Christian, if you if you just strip it down to ask that question on Aaron Hicks, the answer is obviously nothing, right? And then to make matters worse, you then ask yourself, do the Yankees not have any other options? And they really don't. They don't. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, that, I wasn't even thinking about Gardy, but A, I'd much rather have Brett Gardner as my center fielder uh-huh. than Aaron Hicks. Okay, I don't care what anyone yeah. says. Yeah, yeah, okay, but I'm sorry. I know Florio came up and wasn't great, but... Are are we just never going to? Yeah, I'm I'm over it now at this but, point. But yeah, I mean, you Yankees might be. Gotten, that's fine. You might it. be over it, but you're just accepting then that he's just not ready. Blah blah blah. At least prove to me now that he's not ready. It's uh, better than it's think, better than proving to me that you don't care about Aaron Hicks shitting the bed every time he steps on the field. The Yankees. Here's here's what the problem is, right? And I tweeted this also that the Yankees, if they were dead serious about winning the World Series this year, they would DFA Aaron Hicks because he provides nothing to his ball club. But I also followed it up by saying that the Yankees will never designate him for assignment because not only is he owed $40 million, roughly, he's under contract, if you count this season, for four more years, two, three, four, five. He's not a free agent until after 2025. 2025. You know how, will, you know how never cut. They will never cut bait on him. You know how Donaldson was part of the trade, and it made sense for the Twins because we were eating that money. He was just like a like a throw in. 
Like the Yankees weren't the Yankees. I don't think were, it was a throw, and I think the Yankees targeted. Him. Yeah, I but I think the him. Yankees were more more focused on getting rid of Sanchez than they were getting uh-huh. Josh Donaldson. Yeah, uh, uh, and they picked up a piece uh, in IKF that they thought was. Uh-huh. Uh, I think know. it all. I, I think it's all on a level there. I don't think. They well, my like, my oh, point oh, is, don't forget Roy Vet. My oh. point is that Aaron Hicks is not going to be a guy that. Okay, you can't DFA him. And you're not just going to trade him and eat some of the money. He's going to be a guy that's going to get traded, be part of a trade where you have to eat some of the money, but it's almost just like they're kind of doing you a favor. Some, all of it. I don't think all of it. That's why I'm saying you have to put him in a trade where you're giving up big prospects or something. Okay. And you also have to be like, dude, will you also please take Aaron Hicks and I'll eat, you know, a half of it. Anthony Volpe uh who's the other guy peraza and dominguez but you have to take hicks and his contract and the other team is going to go okay we'll give you four free hot dogs and four (laughs) free pepsis next time you come to our stadium because that's how little we value aaron hicks all right yeah come on if the he's going to be thrown into a trade that's a please do me this favor trade that's the only way a team takes him or a swap swap bad contracts trade uh, yeah, I'd be willing to try it right okay. now. Honestly. But you me, can't DFA him. You can't. Give me your... What do you mean you can't? They won't, but Give you me can. your 20 million guy for two years, and you could take our 10 million guy for three. Something oh, like four. that. I mean, that's what the problem... The problem is, is that there's no, there's no short-term <laughs> end to... There's no, that's what the real problem is in talking about trading Aaron Hicks. Is he's 30... What is he, 32 now? There's no short-term end to this where you could say... Well, a team could say, well, let's see if we could, we could reclimate him for the rest of this year. We have him next year. Then another two years, you're still stuck with this yeah, fucking guy. That's true. 30, 32, 32 years old. Then, then, I mean, then you have to just pull, rip off the Band-Aid. That's I mean, it. And again, like I said earlier, yeah, dude, right. I, I will, I'll take an L on something if I have to. And we sat here and we said, if Aaron Hicks can be a guy that can come close to what he did in 2018, that was a steal of a contract. But he hasn't been. He's been nowhere near it. Nowhere. And the Yankees just have to be like, hey, you know what? At this point in time, if he magically finds himself out in Arizona or fucking Colorado or wherever the hell he might wind up, or God forbid Boston, that's a risk we need to take because he is killing us right now. Mm. Yeah. And you want to talk about DFA candidates? Joey Gallo's name is on the list. He's definitely a DFA candidate because he's a free agent at the end of the year. The Yankees cannot hit the trade deadline with him still on this ball club. It just can't happen. Yeah, speaking of guys that need to go, I wanted to ask you guys this question. I thought about it today. If mm-hmm. Let's just say Joey Gallo, right? Because this is a walk year for him, right? This is a contract year for him? Yeah. Yes. So let's just say he continues to play. Every every day that the Yankees play him. And while Stan is out, he's going to. And he continues to trend in the path that he's been all season. All right, bad. And let's just say the Yankees don't cut ties. They just kind of keep moving along with it. And he gets because worse they, and worse. Is it possible that Joey Gallo never, never plays a game of baseball again? Uh, He'll get a shot somewhere next year. Yeah, he'll get a chance. Would it, would it be a long-term deal? Might it even be on a minor league contract? Yeah, it's maybe. Possible. But, like, think about that. Before the Yankees got him, I know he was never this big, like, average hitter, but he was present. 
he hit bombs, right? Yeah. There were a lot yeah. of people excited to get him over here, and he was a big sure. name. You sure. can't you can't deny name. that fact. Mm -mm. And now he's playing like someone who doesn't belong in Major League Baseball. No, he's on a terrible. contract year. So out of those four guys, right, that I listed. I automatically take out Aaron Hicks as the biggest disappointment because I expected nothing out of him. I, okay, I really fair enough. take him off the list. Kyle Higashioka, as a, as bad as he's been, also not the biggest disappointment. You want to know why? Because, again, what do the Yankees watch versus what we watch that they decided this guy was going to be the starting catcher this year? Right. I mean, we've all seen it. We said it last year. As soon as Kyle Higashioka took the job from Gary Sanchez – he went back to being a bad baseball player. Right. So off the list. So now it, we're we're down to for me IKF and Joey Gallo. Offensively, I think IKF is a career six twenty ish, six sixty somewhere around there. OPS guy for so for him to be at six oh five, not that big of a disappointment, right? The problem is that he was brought here to catch everything and make all the plays and he has been far from shorthanded at shortstop mm -hmm. but for me the biggest disappointment hands down is joey gallo and i know a lot of people didn't like joey gallo because of his strikeouts at the very least i thought joey gallo would be a guy in a full year here guy can come over here walk a bunch of times Maybe he would hit 205, but he have an on base around 340, which is stellar for a guy that hits 205. It hit me 30, 35 home runs. And Chris, I'm sitting here telling you that he should be designated for fucking assignment. Okay. So he is the biggest disappointment for me for this team this year. Yeah. Uh, so far. Definitely. When you put it that way, I have to agree with you because I expect absolutely nothing from Aaron Hicks. I, Although Aaron Hicks is playing much worse than he ever has. Oh, much worse. But because at least I, leading up into this year, we could say Aaron Hicks was taking better routes to the ball. His arm obviously is not half of what it was, but at least we can say he was a sure thing in the outfield, and you can't say that any anymore. But you're right, man. Because because here's the thing with Gallo, too. I know Gallo's a you know has a great arm, but you hold your breath when he's out there, too. When the ball's hit to him. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't make great plays and that he can't track down a ball, but you still hold your breath. And in, in that Baltimore series, he was awful yeah. in the outfield. I, you know, I almost want to give him a pass for that because that was the first time playing with that fucking wall oh, out there. I guess. So yeah, ugly. I mean, that, that's fair. But, I mean, Andujar's looked like a more competent. He really has. Gallo. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you got to sit there. And I said this, and I tweeted this facetiously, but I wanted, and I, I did want the answer like this. I said, talk to me like I'm five years old and explain to me how Miguel Andujar has become a better outfielder than Aaron Hicks has. Well, I tweeted this the other day too. This is where the Yankees organization frustrates me to no end. That I said, let's just assume Miggy's getting hot and he's starting to swing a good bat and he's playing the outfield the way he is. And Aaron Hicks continues to be a waste of space. Mm -hmm. When all these guys get healthy again, guess who's going bye-bye? Miguel Andujar, not Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks isn't going anywhere. He'll be trotted out every day as a starting center fielder. And the guy who's actually done something will just go back down to rot in the minor leagues. And it, that's where I'm so sick of, of people and fans telling me that they can't trade prospects for 
for pieces that will help us win a World Series because A, either they don't pan out or B, the Yankees just abuse their talent and ruin them anyway and waste them. They just waste. I, I said this. I don't know who I was talking to. Maybe I tweeted it. I don't remember, but Miguel Landuhar going to the minor leagues, it's it's pointless at this at this juncture. It really is. Mm-hmm. What more is he going to do down there? He's already come up here and shown you that he can be an adequate, if not good, major league left fielder. And we know Miggy's bat plays. If he gets regular playing time, he's going to hit. So sending him back down to Scranton does nothing for him. No, so because you got what you wanted. His value's up. So if when Stan comes back, when Donaldson comes back, and you need to create a spot on your roster for a position player, trade him. Yep. Just trade him. Trade him. Even if it's we said this team needs bullpen help. Even if it's a guy like a guy that you you, you had to take over like Clay Holmes last year with a five plus ERA, bring it that you you like the stuff, bring him over and see if you can fix him. Because sending Miguel Andujar no, down to down to what the hell was that? Is that Ryan? You. <laughs> That's what Blake sending Miguel Andujar <laughs> down to AAA again is not only not fair to him, it's pointless because the right. guy doesn't need any more seasoning. He really doesn't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. His next game, he should be in the major leagues for the rest of the year, whether it's for the Yankees or getting traded. I agree with that. It, it, if they do that, you're 100% right that the Yankees have no other purpose for him than to just let him rot because at the very least if they if they want to trade him now's the time to do it now Miguel Andujar for the first time since his rookie season actually has some type of value yeah and to send him down completely resets that in my opinion it completely resets it so it will just prove don't it let will, him he can't just, but here's the thing here's what Cashman will do He'll say, "Oh, no, the the offer wasn't yeah. good enough." So, mm-hmm. so, so now what, Brian? You're gonna what? Let him just rot? No, it, I'm gonna tell. What I was gonna say was, don't let Miguel Andujar become Clint Frazier, where you let him walk out the door for absolutely nothing. Right. And right. again, I'm not expecting Clint uh, Miguel Andujar to fetch me something that is gonna put this team over the top. But I said, I just said it two minutes ago. If it means that you can get a reliever, even if he's got a five-year rate that you think you can reclimate like you did with Clay Holmes, do it. Yeah. Don't send, don't do that to him anymore because he doesn't deserve it. Okay. He went out and and a lot of responses to my tweet about talk to me like I'm five years old, how Andujar is better than Hicks now, is because people were saying because Miguel Andujar went down to triple A, busted his ass to become a better baseball player. So if he did that for your organization, at least have the respect for him to send them somewhere that's going to play him every day. And and here's the difference between Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier, in my opinion. Whether you want to say Clint Frazier wasn't given a fair shot or not is doesn't matter right now. What matters is Miguel Andujar got a shot, and not only did he capitalize, he should have won Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. Okay. The only reason why Otani won it, exactly. Uh That's that's the only reason why. Whatever. My point is, when Miggy did get his chance, not only did he capitalize, he was one of the best hitters on the team. And so to just kind of give up on a guy like that when he did go down, bust his ass 
learn a different position where he's not as much of a liability and can still clearly swing a bat in an effective way in a lineup where you have listed off all those guys you just named, Christian, either use them or get rid of them for something. Use them or lose them. Seriously. And and this yeah. is these are the little things that Brian Cashman does that I just can't wrap my head around. Because I'm um, telling you right now, they're not going to trade him. They're uh, not well, going you, to trade him. Look, dude, we all I think we can all figure that one out. I'd be surprised that they traded him. I mean, but I'm he just He will saying. be back down wherever the fuck where was he? Scranton? Yeah. Uh, there's things that this there's so just such simple fixes that could that that could help this team out where you don't even have to really do anything. It's like addition by subtraction by getting rid of Aaron Hicks, addition by subtraction by getting rid of Joey Gallo. And it doesn't even you're the Yankees, dude. So what you gotta eat 40 million over the next four years. Do you wanna win or do you wanna worry about uh, uh you gave out a bad contract? You know what? Hal, if you're that pissed about it, fire the guy that fucking gave out the contract. Yeah. And that that didn't wasted 40 million on Aaron Hicks, but uh wouldn't come up at I all mean, to, to save Aaron Judge. I mean you're pinching pennies with a guy that's gonna win the fucking MVP this year. But we got to. I mean, we're going to sit here and have to watch Aaron Hicks for three more years. Right. I mean, it's 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 a malfeasance right there. It's it's total mismanagement. As uh, as Michael K likes to say, it's a dereliction of duty right there. <laughs> I fucking hate Michael K. Okay. Anyway, so I want to wrap up the show with this. Uh, yes, the Yankees are eighteen games over five hundred. Yes, the Yankees are four games up in the in the loss column in the ALE. So as we said, not everything is bad. But as we sit here, we there are things that need to be fixed. This is not a. Yeah. Somebody came at me and said, "What four games up in the East uh, Memorial Day is not good enough for you?" No, it, honestly, it's not. Being the best team in baseball. On Memorial Day is not good enough for me. Being the best team in baseball after the World Series is what I'm fucking striving for right now. So, yeah, I'm going to point out this team's flaws. I'm going to point out that this team has four guys in the everyday lineup that have OPSs that wouldn't that, that don't be, that you don't belong in the major leagues with these OPSs. Positives. This rotation has exceeded all my expectations right now. By and far. that's what Garrett and that's what Garrett Cole being the worst pitcher in this rotation. Yeah, that's a little bit bad for Garrett Cole on the bad side of Garrett Cole, but that's also four huge giant plus check marks in in the positive for the other guys in this rotation. And you have to be fair about that. All four of those guys outside of Cole have gone way above and beyond uh, expectations in my mind. Okay, because we all had things that we were worried about with these guys, and they're pitching above those those expectations right now. Yeah, and just so one still, more positive. One more positive is okay. fuck, Clay Holmes. Yeah, dude. so good, dude. A nasty. Sinker, that's the best pitcher pitch in baseball, right there. It is. He it's, allowed it's a run, the he's most a, unhittable he, pitch in baseball. He's a, he allowed a run on opening day, and he's not allowed a run since. It's phenomenal, unbelievable, man. And I just um, want to so I, I just want to point something out that you know people might get frustrated or say we're we're bitching and complaining about a team that's four games up, best best record in baseball. But the thing is. We're looking at this team on Memorial Day, and it's actually a compliment to the team because we're seeing a, a team win despite some of these flaws, and we're starting the World Series is becoming more realistic. And mm-hmm. when we have when we're when we're the best team in baseball on Memorial Day, you can't help but to think 
you need to keep this going. You need you have an opportunity here to keep tacking on wins and getting to a place that you haven't been to in 12 years, 13 years. Yep. And so this is what needs to happen for that to all come to fruition and for them to be where they want to be when the season's yeah. over. Look, your expectations should be high if you root for the New York Yankees. The, the 2010s was the first decade that this team did not make it to a World Series yeah, it's in crazy. the franchise's history. It's time to get back there. Uh-huh. So, so that's our expectations. It, uh-huh. it is, it is. We do point out the negatives a lot. It's, it's annoying, but you know, it's just a realistic view of of where this team's at right now. I want this team to win a World Series. So, I mean, I, I, I want to, them to improve the areas that need to be improved on. I would still, if if it was me, if I was Brian Cashman, there's no prospect in my system, Anthony Volpe, uh, Jason Dominguez. It doesn't matter. That is keeping me from getting a guy. With the way this team does, you want to talk about last year? You know, we we there's things that you can look at throughout the course of the year, right? Does a team deserve to have reinforcements put on it to make that run? You can actually make the argument that, despite the fact that Rizzo's, even though Rizzo's been cold the last couple of weeks, that I love Anthony Rizzo and I'm so happy that he's a Yankee. Even we don't have to go down. We just take the fact that Anthony Rizzo's here. I love him and I'm glad that he's here. Okay, and uh, Joey Gallo, the Yankees needed a slugging left-handed outfielder, and they went out and they got those two things, right? But you can make the argument that the Yankees, that the 2021 team did not deserve that, the way that they performed. The 2022 team, the way they've gone out there, despite some of these things that we pointed out, and the fact that they have this record on Memorial Day, they deserve the organization's backing of going out there and plugging these holes and giving them the best opportunity to win a World Series. Well, they des- they've earned that. Well, right you know Juan Soto is going to be available. Uh, is Juan Soto a guy that that is someone you plug in and and is that guy that helps you? Not helps you, but uh, is he yeah. that is he that piece this year? You plug him in, this team's yeah. it. Chris, I will fit. Oh I will. God. I will personally drive each and every okay. Somerset Patriot to the fucking okay. Airport. Thank you. That just <laughs> sets up my next. That just sets up my next point. Is that you know that's coming. You know he's he's going to be available, and you know Brian Cashman, if he's even somewhat competent at his job, is going to talk with the with with the Nationals. Yeah, and, but they're going to start. They're going to go, eh, and he's going to go no. Okay, exactly. So is that a, is that acceptable to you? No, it's not acceptable. No, no way. If if they're if he if that guy's available, go get Juan Soto. Jesus. Waldachuk, Medina, uh, Volpe, Peraza, Dominguez. Load them all up, dude. Just give them Chris, the whole. Give them the whole organization. put those five guys in one of those vans you sell. Drop them off at fucking <laughs> at Newark. And have them and and have, what, what's the airport <laughs> down in DC? I'll pay for the fucking flight, okay? If it meant getting one, I think it's, is it George Bush? No, it's Texas. Um, yeah. So that's gonna happen. Cashman's gonna gonna let it go, and he's gonna he's gonna blow that one. And Juan Soto could have been a guy to fill in one of those gaps, and it's not gonna happen. There should and there should be nobody that stands in the way of getting a player that you think is going to you, – you can never guarantee it, we know that, but to give you the best opportunity to win the World Series this year, there should be nobody standing in the way, okay? And if you punt it on this shortstop class for Volpe and now let's say Juan Soto is a realistic option and they want 
Anthony Volpe, you cannot make that mistake twice. The key, this is twenty. This guy's twenty-five years old. One of the top twenty players in the sport. He hasn't even hit his fucking prime yet. Okay. Yeah. And he's still under control for another year. But I just so. want to be on the same page. You know he's going to blow it, right? Oh, he's going to blow. You know, Cashman's not going to do it. He's Juan Soto's going. That's it. Nah, yeah. It's not going to happen. Is what I'm saying. I understand that. I'm t- I'm speaking to you as what I what they need to do versus what, what? they are going to do is is two totally different things. Oh, how the how the tables have turned. Uh-huh. Right. I don't know if you have the super chat up, but I'll just read it real quick. Edward Breen, uh, thanks for the super chat. He said, "If you I never heard of you before, okay? I never heard you? of you before, Edward Breen. Okay. You, uh, well, thank you. If uh-huh. you if you get Soto, is that them telling you they let Judge walk and sign Soto? Or trade your system just for two years and change. Yes. Yeah. No, it's not. The, it's not judge. It doesn't mean not, judge walks. Judge should it's never not, walk. It's not one or the other. It's, it's not both. or. It's and. Yes, it's Ooh. not or. It's and. Because when when that report came out a few weeks ago, that people were like, "Well, if you get soda, you, that means no judge." No, no, no. You still have soda for two years before you have to worry about paying him. So pay Aaron Judge, and then when it's time to pay Juan Soto, then we'll worry about that because you won't have a Rollis Chapman and Zach Britton and, God willing, Aaron Hicks and some of these other guys still on the books that you can aff- But on top of that, you're the fucking Yankees. We shouldn't even be talking about this. Because who's going to be here if you're not going to sign Judge, if you're not going to get Juan Soto? If if Garrett Cole's lose out of his prime, if Stanton's going to be out of his prime, who's going to be here when Volpe comes up? Uh, who's going to uh, be here? Uh, well, you want to talk? We didn't bring his name up, but I mean, DJ LeMay, you guys, disappointing. Uh, Ryan Huge yanking, disappointment. Uh, Ryan's definitely yanked to that one okay. a few times. Uh-huh. I think. Okay. <laughs> so it looks like uh, in the chat, the Yanks are getting some help today. It looks like the the. Red Sox are well on their way to yeah, losing. well on the way to losing, and uh, the Rays are down five two. So nice. uh, also, just a minor maneuver, a couple of minor maneuvers the Yankees made. You can talk about bullpen help. They've re-signed uh, Shane Green, who Chris's favorite player for sure. Oh yeah, he's one of my most hated. But he's back. He was on the uh, Tigers, right? At some point, I don't know if that was his last. Yeah, I think was it was in, the Braves. He was their closer. I feel the, like was he in the DD? He trade? was. It was a three-team trade. The Tigers got. Uh, Tigers got Shane Green, I believe it was a Didi Gregorius steal, or was it? Do I know why I hated Shane Green? He was their closer for a while, and I remember one game in like the middle of the summer where he closed it out against the Yankees, and he celebrated like it, it like he just won yeah. a World Series. Yeah, okay. Okay. it was Game Seven. All right, okay, but he's back. Uh, who else did the Yankees bring back just recently? Okay, I don't remember. Uh, Matt Carpenter's here. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He had a big home run the other day. Okay? Sparked a rally in, in the first game that he was here with, with a hit by pitch. Okay. You know, so. Uh, Cashman yeah, doesn't I mean, have enough t- TJ guys available anymore. So he's going after 2015 All Stars. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but to close out the show, I do. We talk about positives. Obviously, the starting rotation. Obviously, Clay Holmes. To me, a surprising positive, and you guys can argue me on this, has been Glaber Torres. Yes. Yeah. Hey, we t- we were texting this the other day, man. He's completely, you, he's not fully there, but you can tell you're watching a guy who's at least on the path to 
to being that guy again that we expected to have. He's already matched his home run total from last year. He's come up with a couple Unreal. of big hits so far this year. Average OPS don't, aren't sexy, but he hasn't played a bad second base. It's almost, uh, he's almost, you can almost say he's played a good second base. <laughs> well, you know, compared to good. compared to the shortstop. Yeah, I mean, Glaber, to I mean, shortstop. honestly, dude, I mean, you know, at times Glaber's going to have his head up his ass and you're just going to, he's going to have a fucking brain fart and completely blow something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. you, you got to <laughs> give him a little, uh, okay. You got to give him a little praise here. I think he's played really well so far this right. year, especially considering that we sat here before the season started and talked about this guy was fucking washed at what is he? 26 years old. So yeah, yeah he, I mean, he I got to give it, a he little, took it. he took it pretty pretty hard this offseason. Yeah, he did. We we so fucking right. I'll give a little bit of a positive praise to Gloria yeah. Torres. And and I got to shout out Judge, man. I mean, I know he's in a little bit of a slump right now, but home run yesterday, uh-huh. This we guy shout outs now. I kind of like we should end every show do a little, yeah, do a little shout outs. Dude, it, every every time the ball clears the wall, I just can't help but to think how stupid the Yankees much, are going to be. How much, how much smaller how Steinbrenner's PP gets? When Seriously, it's in, so. it's inward now. It's, it's going in. He's like a turtle in a shell. Now. Yes, it's in. It's in. How big All is right. your dick? Negative three. Yeah. It went in. Okay. I've been so emasculated by the fact I won't pay this guy who I built a <laughs> shrine for. Okay. Gas is expensive for my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope it looks the weather looks nice for Saturday. I'll be going to my first game of the year on Saturday against nice. the Tigers. Have fun. Have fun. Thank you. But uh, just so everybody, trigger warning: uh, the Yankees are on Apple TV Friday. Okay, they're Jesus on Apple Christ. TV Friday, and uh, they're on the cock on Sunday morning at eleven thirty. Okay, oh so they'll be God. on Peacock uh, on Sunday. Yeah, they're on Peacock on Sunday. This has got to stop. I'm sorry. So. Yeah. If anybody needs a good a streaming website, just uh, show, <laughs> yep. hit, hit me in my uh, DMs. Yeah, DM Ryan. Okay. No dick pics. Just, this is just, ridiculous now. I mean, he could take he could take a hundred DMs at once because he's now got the getting, tabs going. Yeah, I got a bunch of tabs open, but now we're going on a Peacock Network. Yeah, what's next? Hey, Paramount. What do you expect here from people? Don't give them any ideas, dude. Yeah, but I do. I, hey I do guys. Hey guys. I do have Paramount. Hey guys. We really need to get more people watching the game. So let's. Let's yeah. put them on twenty different streaming services so no one knows where they're playing. Yeah, and then let's, uh, let's and, also, the and also and also give on yeah let's give them an off day on uh, Memorial Day for sure and let's yeah. let's yeah. check in uh, Fourth of July please let's give them off. Crazy, it's really. See, I, honestly, I I'll play the heel here. I don't really care. Uh, I don't feel I didn't feel bad for anybody that that couldn't watch them on Amazon Prime because I mean like we're Americans, dude. I mean I'm just stunned anybody doesn't have Amazon Prime. But I will, I will say that I, I understand people's aggravation. People watch week. games in different in different places in their house, though. Like it's a nice day. Maybe you have a backyard uh, TV, but you don't have Amazon Prime on there. Then uh-huh. what? You don't. You don't have an iPad. It should, look, if you, you want more people to watch the games, you should be making it easier for them to watch but the games. I'm going to say this. I understand the utter aggravation that people are going to face this weekend. That you're going to go. Apple TV and Peacock in the same series. Stupid. Now, okay, some somebody here uh, hooked me up, so I, I have Apple TV right now. Okay, so thank you. Okay, okay I have 
I have Peacock only because that's where they moved the WWE network to. If they didn't do that, I wouldn't have Peacock. So uh, I would be, I would understand how people would be upset over that because who, the f- who has fucking Peacock? You know, really? Yeah. Cock. All right. I can't. Ex- I can't. Share before that before you close out, for San Thompson, thanks for the super chat. He said, "My brothers, Yankees have to trade Gallo and DFA Hicks just right off the loss. Yankees won't win the division with them in the lineup. Sorry, not sorry. Can't disagree. Uh, DFA both of them if you want. I don't know what they're going to get for Joey Gallo. Like it, honestly, Joe, no. It, it will be more of a disappointment to see what you get in return than just letting him go. Because Joey Gallo in a walk year, where are you going to try? Is a contender going to take Joey Gallo? Mm, Joey no. Gallo in a walk year, right? So where where is his where is his landing spot in a walk year? You would say, well, left handed slugger uh, to to a contender. But what team that has world that besides the Yankees are stupid enough to that has a World Series aspiration, playoff aspiration, is going to play Joey Gallo every day in their outfield. No one, especially not a division rival, because they love Joey Gallo being in our lineup. He's a fucking easy out for their pitchers. And a bad team, you know, a team that is going nowhere this year, what's the point of them bringing in Joey Gallo for a couple of months? There isn't one. So the Yankees' options for Joey Gallo, if he doesn't turn it around, is to release him. It's just as simple as that. And that's why I asked the question, does he, if he gets released... Does he play another day of baseball for the rest of his life in yeah, a, I mean, in a I serious think, manner? He'll, he'll, uh, he'll definitely, definitely. I think he'll wind up somewhere. Well, what's changing in the, in the next year? You think Joey Gallo is not going to demand some type of money? The here? shift, the shift. Not if he gets DFA'd, bro. Not what is he going to demand? I mean, that's going to be hard for him to, to sit there and be like, yeah, I'm a $15 million a year guy, but you had a 580 OPS with the Yankees and they let you go. Like that's my argument against him. If yeah. I'm a, general manager you know yeah easy easy <laughs> argument to win so uh look ahead the angels are in town uh this week because the yankees start a homestand uh so it's three with the angels otani is uh listed as the pitcher for thursday okay so i know a lot of people are gonna be like otani i love you Good. so it's gonna be uh tuesday is uh, monty versus uh noah Syndergaard, who's having a good again you know I don't. I hate getting down this road, but Syndergaard was a guy I thought the Yankees should have taken a flyer on for one year, having a good year with the Angels, three hundred eighty array. Uh, Nasty Nestor's back on the bump against Detmers on Wednesday. These are all seven hundred five starts, and then Tyone against Otani on uh, Thursday. That should be a fun Ty- matchup. Yeah, and then the Tigers are in town. So uh, Angels, Angels on a five game skid right now. Yeah, right. five game so Okay, gotta make it eight. Okay, gotta make it eight. All right. Yankees got to at minimum have a four and two home stand here. Okay, that's just that's my opinion. Oh, four nothing Rangers. Sixteen yeah, minutes just to scored. go. Sixteen <laughs> minutes to go. Rangers are sixteen minutes away from the Eastern Conference Finals. And there's this one guy that follows me on Twitter who's a huge Islander fan who who hates the Rangers and he hates them in such a like a wimpy bitchy manner that I'm like I rooted for the Rangers just because I wanted to see that guy miserable. <laughs> nice. Okay? So we'll Rangers. be back if we look at the schedule. I would say tentatively scheduling uh, live shows the next two weeks because the Yankees have 
uh, the next two Mondays off. So look for that. The next two Mondays we'll be back live on NYY News TV. So thank you to everybody that was in the chat here uh, on Memorial Day. You might be a little buzzed, a little hungover. Again, thank you to our veterans who make the ultimate sacrifice for us to be able to do things like this, to like have a podcast ripping a team that's 18 games over 500. <laughs> so thank you to everybody, uh, not only our veterans, but our fans here uh, that, that continually support the show. Uh, the event's coming up on June 25th. It'll be here before you know it. It's pinned to our profile at NYYST underscore podcast. Please go check it out, man. We're going to be going over 100 people so far right now, including the NYYST, the fellas and our family, in a fucking bus. Come meet us. Come meet everybody at the NYY News TV team on the 25th. And go to patreon.com slash NYYST for exclusive content and shows during the week. Um, yes, again, thank you very much for listening to episode 284 of the NYYST podcast. Any parting words, fellas? Mm-mm. All right, SGR. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Peace. NYYST. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk, yep. swinging for the fences, knock it out the park. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, Woo. Christian and Chris, of course, SGR. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk. Uh. Record, rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, NYYST, you're hanging with the fellas.